Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Revenue Champions with me, David Bentham. Today I'll be cold calling live with Morgan Ingram. We'll be showing you exactly how we prepare for a call, manage objections and book meetings. So thank you for joining us and I hope you enjoy this special episode of Revenue Champions. Hello, welcome to our cold calling uh, workshop um, today. This is a live training session. Um, so hopefully it's going to be really interactive. I've got some volunteers from the audience joining us as we go through. I'm joined by two wonderful human beings. So firstly, uh, just a, a quick, John T, do you want to start off by introducing yourself? Yeah. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is John T. Jules. I'm an enterprise SDR here at Cognizant and have been uh, cold calling for just over a year now. Awesome. Really good to have you on. And, and Morgan, um, do you want to make a quick introduction if there's one needed? <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, Morgan, been doing sales training for the past four years with clients across the board, teaching them how to prospect and do cold calls like this. Salesforce, Slack, Google to name a few. And I've been an SCR myself and made these calls and we're ready to go. We're ready to rock. Awesome. And uh, yeah, just, just by way of quick introduction, I'm, I'm David. I run the sales development organization at Cognizant. Um, I was also an SDR, started off um, as an SDR like everybody else, and then um, have moved through and, and grown the organization from um, five to, to almost 60 globally now. Um, so yeah, hopefully um, I, can, I can add my take or two. Cool. So we're going to, the way, I suppose the agenda for today, if we could flick on to the next slide, fantastic. Um, so we're going to run through some kind of uh, basic theoretical advice, some do's and don'ts on cold calling. John T is going to be our icebreaker when it comes to our first live cold call. We're going to do a bit of role play with John T and then we're going to invite people from the audience on to join us to do yeah some role play with them. So let's um, let's jump straight into the cold calling do's and don'ts to give you a bit of an overview. So I don't know what stage everybody is at um, in the audience in terms of their SDR journey, but certainly cold calling is a, an incredibly important piece of anybody's repertoire. Probably, I'm sure there's a lot of people in the audience that this is what they're doing all day, every day. Um, and so let's knowing that the theory on it is, is going to be super important. So I'll kick us off, if you don't mind, Morgan. Um, and then uh, we'll, we'll do a bit of like, you know, table tennis on this. But let's start off with a do. All right. So first thing that I say to every single SDR and one of my most important, one of the most important things you'll ever hear is all around mirroring. Mirroring is replicating the tonality and the style in which your prospect is, you know, speaking and acting in order so that we can, you know, I suppose, engage with them in the best possible way. Everybody does this naturally. I usually speak to my team about their grandma voice uh, versus their friend voice. You know, you go around to your grandma's, mine's 89, actually turned 89 this week. Um, and when I go around, I'm, you know, I put on my kind of cute, like, hey, Nan, how you doing? Like, you know, I hope you enjoy your cake type voice. Right. And realistically, when I'm speaking to my friends, um, I'm probably a lot more colloquial, a lot more direct. Um, and I do that. That's purely that's purely mirroring, and it's completely natural. Something that that I'm sure everybody's doing all day, every day. But it's really about creating that engagement with the prospect. So if I jump on a call and someone says they're really busy, I'm not going to slow down my voice. I'm going to speed it up, right? To to recognise and that that you know they've said they're busy and and try and like really focus on that. So that'd be the kind of like one of my first and major points is is recognizing as early as possible the tone and the the way in which like our prospects are speaking and really try and mirror that as much as possible. So uh yeah, Morgan, do you want to do you yeah. want to pick one up? 
Absolutely. So um, to compliment on that, it actually goes into the closed questions, right? Because uh, I want to talk about the don'ts because this actually goes with the mirroring, right? So <clears throat> when you are mirroring somebody, to David's point, you have to make sure that you make them feel comfortable with you. What doesn't make people feel comfortable is when you interrogate them. This is why this is right next to the mirroring piece, because you can't just ask people closed-ended questions because they're going to start feeling uncomfortable and then they won't open up, which is why you want to ask open-ended questions. So one of the things that I feel that like most people may have faced this before, if you're an SDR and you're in sales, I know this, I faced this before, is when you cold call someone and then just say, no, yes, maybe. And you're like, this is going absolutely nowhere. So you have to figure out what are questions that I can ask to open up the conversation. So what I want everyone to do here is if you are facing that same obstacle I just suggested, go write down what are the questions I can start asking that are more open-ended. Typically those questions start with how, what, when. Those are ways you can start having better conversations with the prospects you're talking to. So closed questions, I wouldn't say it's an absolute, like don't ask closed questions, but for the majority of the cold calls you have, you need to be thinking about how can I open up the conversation? Cause this person is not looking to talk to you at all. And that's what we have to come into the mindset of like, this person, you're calling them out the blue. They're not prepared for it. So you ask questions to show them that you know them a little bit. So they open up and that's how it leads to better conversations. That's awesome. I'm happy to pick up the, the next one. I'm going to focus on the don't just because this is something I did when I started. And it was something that once I changed, really changed my kind of SDRing. So initially it's really tough. You know, you're getting into cold calling. You're trying to balance the script. You're trying to understand what you're selling. And you're also trying to like actively listen to the prospect. So what I would find myself doing is really just speaking about whatever I was selling. And this is the easiest way that you will lose your prospect's attention. All you want to do is ask those questions that Morgan was saying, those hows, what's, that are really going to allow them to open up. Because you need to remember that you are there to find a pain and to provide a solution. Not every cold call is going to be you know, one that you can solve. But ultimately, you want to ask those open-ended questions that will then allow you to mention those product features to kind of solve those pain points. So try and speak less about what you offer and really just, I guess, put the ball in their court and let them open up. And if there's a pain point, you can then solve that. That's awesome. Guys, just really quickly on, on these points, like what's the, what are we seeing as like um, some of the go-to questions to really open people up? Is there anything that you kind of, you know, maybe Morgan, just from speaking to so many different organizations mm -hmm. with so many different scripts, is there anything that kind of like is a go-to so that, and also so that we're not bombarding them with product features? Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing that I'll, that I'll say to everyone is that there, you have to decide what the best questions are for you. You're gonna have to actually do the work to find the best ones. I'm gonna give you some go-to ones. But the thing is what I'm gonna give you is not contextualized, right? Cause in each organization, they reach out to different people, they care about different things. And so you have to actually take the, the time to be like, okay, what do these people actually care about? How can I phrase questions this way to get better responses? So that's like the first thing I wanna say, but questions that you can ask is say, hey, to what extent is this important to you, right? You could ask that type of question. Or you could be like, hey, could you quickly elaborate a little bit more on what you said? That's a good question that you can ask as well. So the thing is the questions are all gonna be predicated on what people care about and their challenges and priorities. It's hard to give an exact question without knowing what is happening in that business. But to use questions that are like high level, you could say, hey, to what extent is this important? Can you elaborate on that a little bit more? Can you expand on that point? 
as you see what I'm doing here, I'm layering down on what's being said to ask better questions based on what they have there. But in order to open someone up, you have to know about them. And that requires research before you even get on the phone about these personas so you can speak the same language as them. That's brilliant. Awesome. All right, let's move on to the next um, point. This is a, a do, which is, you know, a, an example. Well, so one thing that you see from the top performers time and time again is their ability to disarm people on the cold call as quickly as possible. Um, I can speak for uh, people internally to, to, to Cognizant. Um, you can do it in a number of different ways, but one of the easiest ways, and, and it's something that kind of has to come naturally to people at times, is is um, like a really good icebreaker that can make people laugh, right? So you've hopefully heard a million times how many polar bears does it take to break the ice? I'm sure some people in this in the audience have used it at a bar a fair few times um, on, uh, on somewhere they're interested in, but um, <laughs> really you want to think about like, you know, do I have any way of disarming prospects? Um, we had um, an Australian guy, uh, he's called Brad, shout out Brad, um, who used to be an SDR at Cognizant. And, and his opening line to every single person was, hey, I know this is a cold call. Um, you can hang up on me right now if you'd like, right? And, and straight away, super disarming, um, made people laugh. Now, other people in our organization tried that exact same line and it didn't work for them. So it's really important that you do something that is natural to you. But yeah, if you see an in if, or if you see something on, on someone's LinkedIn or, you know, any, and, and um, you think that you can kind of make, make, them, make them laugh or, or, or whatever, just some way of disarming our prospects as early as possible, don't be afraid to throw that in. All right? I think for the one in 10 times that it doesn't work, the nine in 10 times that it does work, it can be super, super powerful. That would be a, a key point for me. Morgan, do you want to move on to the next? Absolutely. So, you know, I really, I really like what you talked about the the icebreaker. You no, know, one thing that we call them is pattern erupts. Every single person here should have a pattern erupt across the board, right? So make sure that you're focused on that. Uh, let's talk about the product features. I like, like so value vomit. I don't know. <laughs> I like to call it value vomit on this one because this can happen a lot, right? A lot of people will just be like, let me just talk about all the things that I'm about. So just don't do this one. And one of the best things that you can do, right, to make sure that you add value to everyone is think about them first. Always think about what's in it for them. And every single cold call, it's like, okay, what can I say here that's going to be relevant to this individual? And like, really think about that. Because then when you lead with that person, it changes it. So an example, you could be like, hey, the reason for my call is we've been working with people like yourself and these are things that we've been helping them with. Or yeah, we've been uh, assisting organizations within your space and these are the things that we've helped them with. So when you change it to about them and then product, it changes it versus we're the leading provider or we're the best in the world, like nobody cares. So you have to switch that up to be like, what is it in, in it for them? Okay, we've been working with people in your space, great. Or, hey, we've been helping people like yourself and this is what we're seeing, great. Um, I'll add one tip here and then we'll, we'll bounce to the next point. This is a word that if you use this as an SDR, use this as a sales rep, you will book more meetings. I, I, I can guarantee this. So the word is typically. Now, why? You use the word typically because you want people to feel comfortable that you've done this before with other people. And naturally, most people don't wanna break the rules and they wanna follow what everyone else is doing. So because of that, if you use the word typically, 
It says, if you've done this a thousand times, which you probably have if you're necessarily calling a lot of people. So if you start off the call saying, hey, the reason for my call is typically when I talk to directors of sales, uh, we've been working with them on how to increase their pipeline and how we do that. And then you go into your product. Say, hey, how we do that is we give them training. We have a product. We have a data tool, whatever that may be. If you focus on using the word typically more, you'll start noticing that people are going to be more drawn into you and you're going to have more engaging conversations because they're going to be like, you've done this before. When you come off as like, we're the leading provider, we're amazing, we're on the 50th quadrant of <laughs> whatever, Gartner, like nobody cares about those things. So then they're just like, it is what it is versus changing it to be like, it's about them and how I can serve them across the board. So that's, that's kind of like in tune with the value piece. But that's one thing I want everyone to pay attention to here is don't lead with product, don't dump on people, don't value vomit, come with a reason, say, hey, typically this is what I'm seeing. It makes you, it makes you come off as a trusted advisor and a subject matter expert to the people you're talking to. Sure, it's social proofing, right? That word typically yep. as well. It's, um, you know, if, if, if they're feeling it, but you, and you're saying other people are feeling it, then, you know, it's, it's uh, creating that like empathy across the board. That's awesome. Absolutely. Okay, John T, when we were brainstorming this, um, you wanted to throw in there that uh, concept of don't lie, which, um, you know, salespeople sometimes have a reputation for. <laughs> so do you want to quickly um, comment on that at all? Yeah, so, I mean, I, I don't want to say I've found myself in this position before, but when prospects ask you a question and, you know, there's not going to be everything you know about your product, the best thing to do is just to be honest, like sales is about transparency for me. And it's really just about saying, I'm going to be completely honest with you here. I don't actually know the answer to that question. More than happy to find the answer out and get back to you. This, I guess, builds trust, which is extremely important. and kind of loops into just the thing about commission breadth above. And this is something as a salesman, you don't want to find yourself doing, you know, come the end of the month, I've been there, you need one more meeting to book. You now just start kind of pushing the prospect. And this loops back to building that trust. You want them to feel comfortable into agreeing to wanting to learn more or showing interest into your offering. So never lie, be honest, just say, hey, look, I'll be honest, don't know the answer to this more than happy to find it out and I can come back to you. That way, you know, you're always on the right foot with the prospect. And I think just moving forward, they're gonna feel more, gonna feel more comfortable opening up to you and uh, I guess engaging in, in more communication further down the line. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Sorry, Morgan, Jeff. No, I was just gonna agree. I, I, it's like, I don't know if anybody in the chat wants to put like a one real quick. I'm just actually curious. Anybody in the chat, like you're four months, like, one, you just started or to four months in your role, like you're brand new to be an SDR. Anybody in here, like just put a one. I'm just curious because like this is a this is a game changer. I want to see if anyone is in here, like brand new, like new to SDR world. This is a new for you across the board. Well, if if someone is or obviously you're hiring people, this will happen. One of the key elements is like using that what Jaunty said, if you're especially if you're new to be like, hey, like I don't I don't know the answer. However, I know someone who knows the answer, my account executive. Let's schedule up a 30-minute meeting with the account executive. Like when I was new, I used it all the time. You schedule a lot of meetings because you, you don't know, right? You're like, hey, look, I don't, I don't know that answer at all. That's a, and you have to compliment them, right? That's a great question. I wrote it down. Let's schedule a meeting with the account executive on that one. I just want to give that tip out there for some brand new people. Like you should be using that all day long because I don't know if David or Jonathan's happened to you. I know it's happened to me. I'd like two months in, I tried to make something up 
and I got destroyed by the executive. He's like, yeah, that makes no sense. And that's not right. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Let me never do that again. <laughs> I did, uh, I was, I did door to door for two and a half years and two and a half years after I started, I was still saying that it was my first day to certain, certain people, right? Like just, to, which I know goes against Jonty's point of not lying, but, uh, really helped me, uh, get out of certain situations by just saying, Hey, let me get back to you on, on these kind of things. Yeah, so, yeah absolutely. Shout out to the, to some of our new starters, um, to, to the SDR world, um, Natalie Bond, Diego Souza, um, Jonathan Spencer, Ujjal Rahman and Tashik. Gupta, so apologies for the for the pronunciation, but yeah, um, like shout out to you guys. Feel free to reach out to all of us if if you want have any more questions. Okay, so that's just moving on because I know um, I, I'm conscious of time. Um, I did want to um, shout about uh, a couple of some some of the key things like teach new starters, um, which can can really kind of give you some early success. Um, firstly, I my concept of a three no's rule. I think you get told to objection handle, right? Like everybody you call, you have to remember um, you're interrupting, you're interrupting their day and, and you're going to get pushback on on everything you're saying. So I, I build in um, to our, our onboarding plan, this concept of a three no's rule. It's a good general rule of thumb of like, you've got to push through three no's before you, you hang up the phone, right? You've got to try and push through three objections. Um, I also find it really important when people are in a rut. So if you've got, if there are any SDRs out there that are in a rut and they're wondering out, wondering why, the the most common thing that I see is people are looking for low hanging fruits. They're 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 imagining in their head a world where you know you pick up the phone, you you know you give your pitch and then people say yes straight away without thinking. Whereas when you're really confident, you you really naturally just push through those those um those objections. So. Having this three nose concept, a three nose rule, um, really allows you to stay consistent on on pushing through those objections, which is sometimes really tough, especially when you're new or, as I say, when you're in a rut. So that'd be something that, that I'd work on. And then um, I'm really big on an assumptive close. So when it, you know, one thing that I see again often in new starters, but but it can kind of creep into to, like it can be a bad habit that the other SDRs have as well, is um they get to the end of the call, they've got the prospect excited and they say, okay, so would you like a demonstration of our product? Now that question is a, you know, like this it's 50-50 at that point. If you've got someone at that stage that's on the fence about whether they want to take a demonstration or not, Generally speaking, if they're in theory, if they're truly on the fence and you ask, would you like a demonstration? They're going to say no. And the reason is because humans always take the path of least resistance. Okay. And in that situation, and when they're truly 50 50, they're more likely to say no than to say yes. So, what we do um, and what I teach is to kind of skip that step and ask a question like, so do you have your calendar in front of you? Right now, everybody has their calendar in front of you. And then those 50 50 people, they're you know, they're more likely to say yes. And then, you know, in doing so, they've essentially ex ex uh, accepted the demonstration. So, so really try and focus on, and you know, your requirements in terms of that next step as a sales development rep will change across the board, but really think about how can I do it? And like, how can I make my clothes more assumptive and, and, and therefore like just increase my chances of a, of a positive result from it? I absolutely love that. The three no's is, is key. That even flows right into, I know we're going to get into the, the live piece here, Three no's is what I tell people all the time as well. We're heavily aligned on that. And it leads right into like the objections, right? It's like ignoring process objections and just not saying anything because it's very easy to even hear an objection and then just hang up, 
right? You're just like, I don't even want to do this right now, right? It's very simple to do that when you have to go with the three no's. And what I tell people when it comes to objections is you to to really embrace the no's and then figure out what to say and do active listening is you have to pause. So when you get an objection, this is for everyone, I'd write this down, like take like one to 1.5 seconds and just pause. This is going to feel like eternity for most people. You're going to be like, I don't know about this, right? <laughs> like it's, it's not going to be right exactly how you want it to be, right? Because it's going to be uncomfortable. But the whole thing, right, is you want to be able to pause and then handle it. So someone just threw an objection in the chat. Let's just do this live, right? If someone's like, hey, I don't have time right now. I'm going into a meeting. Let me tell you all the real thing here. When someone says that, most likely it's probably not true. There are instances where it could be true, but most likely it's not true because like, why would you pick up the phone if you're going into a meeting? Like, I probably am not going to be doing that, right? If I'm busy, why would I pick up the phone? Like, just think about how people answer certain things and they don't make sense. Like, if you don't have time, you wouldn't pick it up, right? So one of the best things you can do, even I saw this on Not Interested, I'd be curious to hear other people's thoughts before we go into this exercise, but when anyone says at the beginning of the call, not interested, I don't have time for this, I'm heading into a meeting, I don't really care what they say, this is all you have to say to them, and they will allow you to have this time to schedule the meeting. I'd be like, hey, yeah, can completely understand that you're busy right now. However, all I'm asking for is 30 seconds of your time, and in that 30 seconds, I'll explain you what we do over here at JB Sales. And if that's relevant in any way, we could put time on the calendar to call you uh, when you're prepared for it. And, or if not, you can hang up on me. Does that sound fair? And the reason that works is because every single person that answers the phone has at least 30 seconds to talk to you. Otherwise, they would have not picked up the phone. Also, you notice at the end, I said, does that sound fair? No one wants to be unfair. So most people say that's fair. That's fine. If I could get my value prop done in, within 30 seconds, should be 20 seconds, and they agreed to it, guess what? I just booked the meeting and I didn't have to deal with any further objections. So if you're struggling with, hey, I'm heading to a meeting, I'm not interested, I don't want to talk to you, you need to just take a pause and then say what I had, just say what I just said. That's how you handle that. I really love that, Morgan. I think it it it, it goes back into this this point of being disarming when you first start your call. Like there's nothing yep. like you're not. It's I think SDRs can tend to be really combative in that situation and kind of be like, why? Like what? You know, why are you not busy? But actually, mm -hmm. kind of um, yeah, just calling on fairness and 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 also appreciating the fact that they okay. I agree with you, Morgan. Like they they they're clearly not that busy. Otherwise, they wouldn't have picked up the phone. But yep. um you know, still recognizing that they are probably busy people and they probably don't want you to be there. But, you know, all you're asking for is 30 seconds, I think is, is extreme as is disarming that situation. So that's, that's really great. Absolutely. Okay, awesome. And please keep throwing these objections. We're seeing them coming through on the chat and, and we'll, we'll try and get around to all of them um, when we can as well. Um, okay, and then, um, Jonty, I don't know whether there's any more that you want to pick up that we, we haven't covered already. No, I think that's pretty much covers a lot of, lot of really good tips and tricks and then things really to eliminate. I think an important thing is not always to focus like on the do's, but to really just eliminate the don'ts and that will help you a lot, like just in, in the cold calling. So yeah, I think that's really, those, that's, that's all for me. <laughs> okay, great. I'm thinking maybe just quickly, cause there is only two more at the moment. We just talked through some of these obje other objections because I suppose that early objection handling is, is something that we've been focusing on. So just the, the, the early ones of not interested, is this a sales call? Like, um, I think Sam yeah, we could go in the chat. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So let's see the con so not interested. There's context around and not interested, right? So 
if you got it at the beginning of the call, because some people you're going to say, hi, my name is, and they're going to say not interested. Now, our first instinct is to say, not interested in what? I didn't say anything yet, <laughs> right? Like nothing happened, right? But you don't want to say that. It's not going to work. You're going to say what I just said earlier, right? Now, if they say not interested after your value prop, then first and foremost, you probably need to evaluate what your value prop was. Because if you're getting not interested a lot, that means what you're saying isn't clicking, right? Then this is what you have to do is you have to pivot and you have to bucket them is what we call it. So if someone says, hey, I'm not interested in that, you could be like, hey, like, sounds like this might not be one of the priorities right now. I know that the most important thing when I call people is timing. Typically, when I talk to a VP of sales, they deal with these three things, X, Y, and Z. Is that currently on your radar or I, am I just completely missing the mark here? So what I'm doing is showing them that like, I have this piece of the value prop, right? That part didn't work. But as you all know, there's multiple different ways that a product can serve somebody. So what I need to do is figure out, okay, he's not or she not interested in that. There's other things that they probably could be interested in that I offer. So I'm going to bucket them on things that I feel like that typically they could be dealing with. If they tell me, yeah, it's one of those things, then I can insert a new value prop based on what they're now interested in. So that's how you handle that objection. Now, the la let's go to the other one is, is this a sales call? Now, this one's interesting. Everyone handles, handles these things differently. This is how typically I handle it. I'll say, hey, you know, this actually is not a sales call. The reason for this call is to see if you're interested in getting on a sales call. So look, I know I'm calling out the blue and you're probably not comfortable with taking cold calls at all. I completely understand that. All I'm asking for here is 30 seconds of your time, nothing too crazy, just to quickly explain what I believe might be able to help you in your organization based on what I've done research on. And if that's not interesting to you, it's okay to tell me no and we can part ways. Does that sound fair? So you notice I pivot back to the 30 seconds, but I still address this as a sales call. Because ultimately, it's not an organized sales call. This is just me calling to see if there's interest to actually get on the call. So those are typically the ways that I handle those objections. That's awesome. That, 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 yeah, I think there's one more objection that has, was, has, was thrown in the chat earlier. Let's just quickly address that one. Philip raised, and um, we already have a similar product in place. Now, you know, that's a whole webinar in itself. It's talking just about um, how to handle competitors, right? But really, that's mm -hmm. a competitor question. If it, one of my don'ts was um, don't forget your tonality immediately after receiving an objection. It would be really easy and uh, to to straight away be like, oh, like you know, and that can be can, can kind of be the instant response. My res my immediate response to anybody that says that is perfect. Okay, like every single time, I want to find out all about their vendor um, that they're using currently. You know, hopefully, I've learned my battle cards really well, and I know how to com. You know, and I know I have really good um, knowledge of the space, and I know how to combat um, everything, but. One thing that we, we talk about a lot in Cognizant is the concept of don't call anybody's baby ugly, right? Um, if they've got another vendor and they are enjoying it, the last thing I want to do is is be like really combative around it and kind of get into an argument. So I'm going to say perfect. Um, one thing um, a lot of kind of new uh, SDRs struggle with is when they do say how, how good their, their vendor is, and that vendor is a competitor of yours. A question that we've been using recently to insane success is simply asking the questions, okay, and on a scale of one to 10, like how, you know, how would you rate your current vendor? A lot of the time, or you know, 90% of the time in that situation, um, they will say nine out of 10 or eight out of 10 or seven out of 10. And then you simply ask the question, okay, what would make it a 10? And now you're working out the, the pains that they might have with that 
that current vendor that you can hopefully like really address and, and fix. So yeah, learn your master cards, be super positive when, when people um, say that they've got another vendor. Um, so you're already winning, winning that. And again, disarming, disarming our prospect, but you know, certainly that question for anybody that is struggling with people that are enjoying their current vendor has been really, really useful for us. Morgan, I don't know whether you want to quickly comment on that one at all. Yeah, I'll, I'll quickly chime in. So there's two things you can do. Uh, one is you can use a scale of one to 10. Uh, that one's a, that's a really good one. Uh, another thing that you can do is ask them like, oh, you know, good to, like you could say, like Dave said, hey, good to hear you're using them. We've heard them before. Out of curiosity, and this is, I used out of curiosity before I asked questions. So it doesn't feel like I'm being interrogative. I'm just a curious person. And everybody likes a curious person because we're curious human beings. So I'll be like, hey, out of curiosity, are you married to that solution? So it changes it, right? Are you married to that solution? You can like something, you can, you know, it could be cool, but are you married to the solution? Then it changes the conversation because now they're like, no, nah, we're not married to it. Then it's like, okay, so why? Now I can dig deeper, right? The other thing is I will go back to what I said, like. So I also want them to expand. So I'll be like, okay, cool, you're losing that solution. What do you like about it? Now, this is interesting if you use this. Not all the time, but some people, when you when someone says they're using something, it also means it also means that they may not like it. I may have something, but I may not like it. So I could be like, hey, what do you like about this? And some people may be like, oh yeah, I don't we have it, but I don't like it. Right? They they might not have been a part of the decision making process. Maybe they weren't involved. They're like, yeah, I don't really like this product. That just changed the entire conversation, right? But let's say if they like it. It gets them to open up. It gets them to be excited, like we were just talking about. And then instead of saying, "Hey, like, what do you, what is it? What sucks about this?" You ask someone, "How would you like to improve on this?" Right? Improvements. People always want to improve. So I ask, "How would you like to see this improved?" So then they give me the answers, and then I can take those answers and move from there. So two additional things to what's been said here. But if you use one of the three things we talked about, you should be able to handle that objection. Awesome. Right. I think we should uh, dive into the um, yeah live cold calling element of this, which I think a lot of people are probably joined in for. So um, John T, I think, you know, I'm using you as the guinea pig to start off with, right, to really break the ice here. Um, Morgan, I, I hope you don't mind. I reckon I should take this one because I can also throw some specific product related <laughs> objections at John T and seat. So, so people kind of get a bit of an indication of, of how they see this. What do you think? Absolutely. Go ahead. Run it. John T. John, I'm I'm throwing John T under the bus a little bit here, but he did ask me like how to how to ring on the phone. You know what his ring should sound like. So make special note of like how John T choose to ring uh, to 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 do his ringing at this point. But yeah, John T, floor's yours. Ring, 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 ring. <laughs> it was great, John T. Um, hello, Dave. It's John T. Jules calling from Cognizant. John T. Dave, I'll be honest. We've never spoken before. I was just hoping you'd roll the dice to find out why I call. Yes, sure. I can do that. Look, Dave, I speak with sales directors every day and I've picked up a couple of trends in the market. Just wanted to find out, you know, if you were experiencing something similar. Would it make sense for me to ask another couple of questions? Um, yeah, all right. You've got me for 20 seconds. I'll try to be quick. Don't worry. So, look, notice you were kind of heading up the sales team, you know, at Cognizant, managing the SDR function. Was curious to find out what you were doing, you know, to ensure that they have, you know, clean and accurate data. Um, for their prospecting? Yeah, sure. Um, so we have um, a couple of different data tools uh, right now um, that the team are using. And then that, you know, all syncs with our CRM, um, which they, you know, has historical data in as well. 
makes sense. Look, typically I've noticed there's been a bit of like, you know, a lack of quality and coverage within Europe. Would you say that these are similar issues your team are potentially experiencing? Um, yes, certainly. I think, um, so, so look at the tools that we, we target us, um, and Europe or just global really, um, us, I'd say the us, uh, data quality is really, really strong. Um, but you're, so you're saying that you're, you're strong in Europe, right? We're strong in Europe. Correct. Um, we do have a global presence. You mentioned like being strong in the U S at the moment, like what are the gaps, you know, that you're currently seeing within Europe that aren't living up to the same within the U S success? Um, I'd say the main thing is phone quality. That's the biggest thing for us, right? We're a team of cold callers. We just, we want, we want phones. So yeah and what do you what do you do if your team don't have a phone number for someone if you don't mind me asking um linkedin email just other touch points but we definitely get more success on phones so if you were able to i guess generate a mobile number for anybody would your reps kind of lean on that as a first you know touch point yeah that'd be the main one for sure so just so i'm clear you know reps are leveraging the phone if they're not kind of finding phone numbers leaning on other tools and aren't seeing as much success would that be fair yeah i'd say so so, so in terms of europe um what about gdpr like i'm really big on gdpr legal team like nothing you can get through our, our, our team unless unless it's compliant great question um any mobile numbers we give to your team we've already scrubbed against do not contact us the telephone preference service are your team doing anything of the sort at the moment to ensure numbers they're calling, you know, are compliant? Um, well, I, our other providers have got through our legal team, but I, I, you know, I've, I've never heard of the TPS before. So telephone preference service, essentially, you know, people opt out from being cold called. Not everybody loves a cold call. I'm a big fan of it. Um, but essentially we take that risk away, ensuring that any numbers your team call, you can be confident in them calling those numbers compliantly. Okay, and and quickly, like I find often with data companies, there's a lot of um, you know, a lot of the time they have a phone number, but it's not like it doesn't really work. So, like, what you know, uh, can you speak on anything related to that? I, d I don't want to take on like another tool which like promises me loads of phone numbers, but actually, like when I tr when the reps are actually calling, like they they never get through. This is something we see a lot. I'm going to be honest, no data providers perfect, Dave. I'm sure you've experienced that in your sales career. We actually have this new function called diamond records on demand. And what this allows us to do is if we do not have a mobile number for a prospect within 48 hours, our team can do their utter best to kind of bridge that gap and find you that mobile number. Is this something, you know, you currently have in place with your, with your current provider? No, that, that makes sense. Um, can you, John T, I, I really got to rush at this point. Do you, can you just send me an email on, on all of this? More than happy to send you an email, just so I can kind of personalize it to know what you're looking for. What do you want me to include in that email? Um, I suppose information on the on the compliance aspect that we spoke about. Um, the the um, diamond data would also be would also be pretty interesting. I'm I'm going to need to you know obviously pricing is going to come into it, so like I, I you know love to see some some indications of pricing in there as well. Fair enough. I'm going to be honest here, Dave. It seems like we're a pretty good fit. You have similar tools in place. If you could get that better data, you know, within the UK, European markets, happy to jump on a call later this week if you're open to learning more. Um, yeah, sure. I mean, like I'd probably need the email first. Um, 
but like we certainly we could think about a call afterwards we can do that i mean typically i'd like to pencil in some time if there's something you you don't like from the email you know we can always reschedule that or move it would that make sense then i'll follow up with an email and then we can put some time in for the back end of the week sure that makes sense just looking at my calendar does thursday afternoon work for you yeah that works all right awesome thanks very much john thanks for being the um the early the early <laughs> tester great job really great job um sorry about the dog as, sorry about the dog as well we, we were in an office full of dogs so um yeah if you heard the bark that's why okay morgan i'd love you know i think it's interesting for both of us right to to kind of get some of your feedback on on john's yeah. call just then well i mean i mean shout out to you for going in front of you know, over 200 people, not an easy thing to do. So well done. I mean, I like the way that you were continuously pushing with questions and driving the conversation. <clears throat> Hard for anyone really to do is drive conversations on cold calls. And I like the roll the dice. I haven't heard that one before. I think that just, it was a really good pattern up across the board. And then obviously you were able to push through at the end with the objection healing, right? So the the things that I had, had written down is that you, once you said the roll the dice, you should have just gone with whatever your value prop was. You had a lot of like upfront contracts and permission-based questions. You're like, hey, roll the dice. Then you ask him if he had time. And then at that point, some people might just hang up the phone on you because they're like, okay, like, what do you want, right? So in all those intros you do, I typically tell people just have one and then go into the value prop, but you had like three. So I would just figure out, okay, like, how do you want to go about that? I think another thing that, and again, this is more product. So this is like, this is just what I heard. So it could be different on how you perceive this is one thing that he talked about was, hey, like, okay, I, my reps get the phone numbers, right? And it might not be correct. Question you could ask is like, okay, like as of right now, how many people are you connecting with, right? So if it's like 1%, it's like, okay, so even if the data is like not as good as you want it to be, we'll probably get you at least a 5% increase in your connects based on just giving you data because you don't have any data, right? So I would just sort of ask them a question like, okay, like, what are you doing right now? Oh, we actually are connected with nobody. So like, if I give you data that's average, you're gonna do better. It doesn't have to be top notch, right? So you could ask that question. And then the last thing is just, I'll be honest, can sometimes rub the people the wrong way. So I would just say what you have to say, right? And just be like, hey, like, this is what I'm gonna tell you. I'll be honest, sometimes throws people off and then they're like, wait, are you not, were you not being honest with me before? Very small detail, but I've heard that, I've heard that from people before. So that's, that's my feedback on this one. David, I don't know what you got, but that's what I had written down. Yeah, look, I, I can, I'd echo a lot of what you said, Morgan, especially that point on quantifying statistics when it comes to objections. I think that's, it can be super powerful and we can, we can really draw on that later on um, in, in calls. Uh, and it's actually a really important for anybody looking to become like an account executive or um, move down like an account, like a closing pathway. That can be a really, um, uh, you know, it's going to be even more important then. So it's a good habit to get into like when you're in that sales development space um, as well. But yeah, look, um, John T, thank you so much. Um, I'm going to um, start inviting people on. Hopefully they're they're still on the call um, or they, they join the call. But should we start off with, is Josh Hodgson around? Can, can I don't know whether Ashley on, on Cognizant side can bring Josh Hodgson in. No. Okay, let's, let's try someone else. Um, Anmol Chandra, there's always the technical issues. Always. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, well, Anmol. Hi, David. Can you hey, hear me? Anmol. Yes, we can. Anmol, how are you? Really good, thank you. All the better for, for hearing your voice. Anmol, Great. can you give us a quick introduction? And then, um, yeah, like, why don't we do some, some role play with, with Morgan? Great, great. And I am currently working as a sales development representative at Iconic Offices. It's a real commercial uh, commercial real estate company. So my job is to reach out to the clients uh, who made inquiry in the past and in reaching out to the clients uh, who currently coming back in the office space. So we'd like to get some advice and then we can do a role play, if you don't mind. And um, we'd like to know some advice as we in this current era. Work from home is becoming a part of the life for many industry. And one of the most uh, biggest obstacle I feel is to how I can create an interest in a client to use our office space or maybe a meeting room or a day pass, which these three are actually a products. Uh, we have 16 buildings in Dublin. So we try to contact the clients to see if they are currently working from home or they're looking coming back in the office space. So, guys, uh, so how would uh, would be if you would be in my position? Then, what kind of pitch you would be using? What technical words or what open-ended uh, phrases would you use in your pitch while talking to the prospect? It's it's not a it's not a it's not even words. It's not even a value prop. It's asking yourself some questions. So, the first question that I would ask is, why would anyone want to go back to your office? In a, in a hybrid environment. What what would you solve for somebody, for them right now? I'm working from home, why would I wanna go back? What do you help solve? That's the first question you have to ask. Right. Okay, well, I would like to ask, uh, like we have events, uh, organization, uh, events where we conduct, every month we conduct an event where each and everybody so, try to socialize as due to pandemic, uh, you know, everybody's working from home, they didn't get the opportunity mm -hmm. The pubs are closed and the, the restaurants are working very uh, limited time period. But we, here we, we create, a, we have created a platform where, in, uh, as known as iconic events, where each and every client in our portfolio, portfolio can share uh, share about their products and services. And we have seen joint ventures in the past as well. And the other services we are providing unlimited supplies in the kitchen. We have breakout spaces, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. So I would, I would dwindle that down to bullet points. So yeah. what I heard is social. Yeah. Also is isolation, which means that I can actually do my work because maybe they have kids at home and there's a lot going on. Right. So we can go to the office and actually get some work done. Right. Yeah. I hear collaboration. Right. These are things that I hear. Everything else is a lot of basically is a, is a lot of fluff overall it's like okay that's cool but you have to figure out like what do i want to be able to help people solve so working from home what am i not getting i'm not social with other people right i'm don't get in isolation to finish my work because i got a dog whatever kids running around i can't do it and then also yeah. i could collaborate with people that are in my space those are the three things that you're selling so then yeah, it's like well, okay yeah. if i'm selling those three things then i have to i have to hammer those home to, to bring the point in. And that's and that's what I would tell you. I mean, you all could chime in too here on the panel. We can go on the call, but like, that's how you have to think about these things. Like, how do I get someone's interest? I got to figure out how am I actually helping them? Like, it doesn't matter how many offices you have or the awards yeah. that you've won. Nobody cares. What I care about is how are you going to help me? Okay, you got people I can connect with. You have social events. Like, I can actually get my work done. 
I'm intrigued to hear what you have to say. Like that's the way you have to think about this. Right. Uh, yeah. We okay. And okay. Can we comment? Sorry, David. Would you like to say something? I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Just just really quickly, Anmol. What an interesting space to be in at the moment. First and foremost, like I think, yeah. um, you know, it's very top of mind. It's so top of mind. And speaking as someone that's come back to an office, as you can probably see around me, right? And I've got my whole team there. <laughs> I think I think for me, like I'd be building two different pitches if I were in your shoes. I'd have my um, differentiator pitch and that would be like uh, people, because I'm sure that a lot of people you speak to are interested in, in coming into office spaces and coming into office spaces quickly. And then I just need to, you know, I'd be really focused on like why, what, what my space is going to bring other, like above um other spaces um but then you need to think about that education uh, pitch as well which is exactly what morgan was just speaking about and they're the people that like why should i return back what are the advantages what are the advantages other people are seeing um and uh, yeah the, the 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 concepts that morgan just touched on why don't we just jump in really quickly and well if you're up for it like why don't we role play this out once um just very fast why don't you give why don't you try and do um a, a, like like John similar to John T? Give us a ring ring, and then uh, Morgan will pick up the phone and um, let's let's role play out once and see if there's any concepts. Go. Right. Hey, so ring ring. <laughs> Hello. Hi, is this Morgan? This is me. Hey, good afternoon, Morgan. This is Anmol from Iconic Offices. How are you today? I'm alright. Good stuff. I won't keep you long at the phone, Morgan. Uh, you made an inquiry with us in, two years ago for an office space. I uh, just wanted to know, how did your search go? Yeah, well, you know, that was two years ago. A lot, a lot was happening and a lot has changed. So uh, as of right now, um, I, I'm, I'm good. I have a home office now. We, we just built it, and I'm feeling, I'm feeling really good about the space that I have right now. That's good. Uh, well, look, the reason why we call is that... Uh, as the restriction have been eased, we have currently reduced our prices by 25% on the office space. Along with that, we have we, we have we are providing a lot of services uh, and offerings as well, such as social events and and uh, unlimited supplies in the kitchen. You get shared internet as well. If you would be interested in how many desk space you would be looking for, it's just me. It's for yourself. Yeah, it's just me. Yeah. Yeah, no problem. We have one desk private office which give you access for twenty four seven, and with this you get in. A, uh, you can use the meeting room as well. Uh, we have uh, if you uh, be spending, if you would like to have a private office, then how much is your budget? Oh well, I, like I just said earlier, I just built a, a new home office, so I don't I don't have a lot of budget right now. So that might this might this might be out of my this might be out of my scope. Right, I completely understand. You just built your new office and you invested your money at that. But you see, I've been hearing this a lot that the people have settled down for working from home, but you are missing the social, uh, social even the socializing with you, which had in the past. Because if you would like to visit our office space and see what breakout areas we have, what are these with social events we are conducting every every third week of the month. Uh, would you be interested in coming in uh, to view the office space uh, next week? Yeah, that that's yeah. intriguing. Like, just out of question, like out of curiosity, like what type of events are y'all running? So, like for instance, David, you have a business uh, in which you are giving solution for the cloud-based environment. So, what we do is we we conduct uh, uh, social events where each and every client in our portfolio 
have a chance uh, to demonstrate what they are doing so that uh, everybody gets to know each other. So you know who your neighbor is in, in our building. And in, in future, uh, maybe in the future, you might get a chance where you could sell your product within our portfolio, within our clients. And plus we do events and music, a little bit of gigs as well in our breakout space. Okay, that that sounds like it, it could it could be interesting. Yeah, great. Uh, would you be interested to come on Monday, the first November, uh, at any time? Oh man, you? that that day is that day is crazy right now. I don't know if I can do that. Okay, no problem. How about Tuesday or Wednesday? Uh, Wednesday could work. Well, great. Uh, what time would you be interested? Uh, maybe around in the afternoon, like three. Okay, no problem. Wednesday three, I'll uh, after I will send you an invitation, uh, uh, following up this call by email, and I look forward to seeing you in the building. I hope that's great. All right. Great. Thank so, you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Morgan, for your time. Look forward to seeing you. Bye. Absolutely. Bye. So now I qualified the client. Now he's interested to come in the office space. I'll show him the office space and uh, the breakout area, the meeting rooms, and everybody, everything. Now it depends that after sending the proposal, will Morgan be considering the taking the office space? Okay, so I think we're we're really concentrating on the cold call um here. Um first and foremost. Amal, thank you so much for sharing because it's it's super brave in front of so many people to to do that. Absolutely. Um my my so firstly, I I, th I thought it was what really resonated with me was when you were talking about the advantages um, of you, you kind of created this emotional experience for the prospect when it came to kind of like networking again and socializing again and creating like having this like community atmosphere. My, my, my immediate thoughts and Morgan, like obviously definitely add to this is, is that I, I feel like we could have led with those, like creating that, that emotion. Um, we started off the call talking a lot about kind of the, you know, the, the Wi-Fi and, and really just like almost a product sell. And yeah. that for me was the, you know, that for me would make a huge difference to your cold calling is if we can, right. we can really start off talking about the value to the prospect. Okay. You know, why does great Wi-Fi, a, a problem with my house right now, personally, is the fact that my Wi-Fi is not as good as the, the office. So like, could, could I really like build, could I um, not just talk about that that feature of my product but really like what value that's going to bring right um right. so yeah that would be my my initial thoughts i don't know whether morgan you want to add anything yeah so in in this conversation there's two main things and i want to double click on what david said because he's absolutely right if you would have led with what you talked about with the experience of the office space the social piece even when you said i can show my product to other people if you would have led with that that would have completely changed the entire conversation because the first thing you said, I wasn't, wasn't really interested in. I was like, okay, like, that's cool. But like, it doesn't really matter to me. The other part was critical. And so like the second thing that I want to tell you is when you finish statements, you want to lead with the question. So you said right. a statement and, and I, and I, and again, we're in a role play. So I'm not, I'm not going to do you like that. But most prospects, if you said a statement like you did, they would have not said anything. There's right. been like. And we would have just been staying here. Like, I'm not going to do that to you, but I'm just saying that that has happened before. You say all this stuff and they'll just be like, okay. Right, I get you your point. 
right? You didn't ask a question to lead them, right? Because now it's just yeah. like, okay, what am I doing with this information, right? Yeah. And the other part, of, the other part about this is when you're asking this question, is that you want to make sure that when I said one person, you could have been like, okay, so like that means it's just you. How's your business doing? Right. And you would have yeah. talked about my business. And then you could have been like, hey, we actually have social events that allow you to show products to different people. Right. You could have spun it. So just those are the two things I would suggest to you. But obviously, right. You came up here and you did it, which is great. All right. Thank you. I appreciate your advice. Absolutely. I'll note it down. I'll put it implemented in my pitch. Amazing. And I'll let us know Love how it. it goes. But thank you for, yeah. for joining us and sharing. Um, Morgan, how are you doing for time? Is it worth us I'm just good. squeezing one more in? Yeah, amazing. All right, I think we have. I'm hoping um, he's still available, but Michael um, put himself forward before before this uh, webinar started. Is Michael Sikic, is is Michael... Yeah, can you hear me? Yes. Hi, yeah, Michael. How are you doing? Hey, guys. Uh, Michael, I'm already um, stealing everybody in the audience's time now because I think we're, we're just running over and also Morgan's, and he's very expensive. So um, I will... Um, <laughs> Let's uh, let's dive in because uh, as soon as possible. Can can you do something similar to Animal? Why don't you give us a bit of a heads up on who you are, where you like you know where you're based, what your product is, and then we can we can dive into another role play with Morgan. Absolutely. Let's keep it short and sweet, shall we? Um, yeah. My name is Michael Sikic. I'm a Canadian. Um, I'm living in Vienna, and I work for B2Match. Uh, it's an event management uh, software company based uh, here in Vienna, Austrian um, grassroots. And uh, that's what we do. That's our business. We make sure that people have events and they connect uh, in any shape and form um, that we can in this environment that we live in. Cool. Amazing. Again, another really interesting space at the moment. So, um, yeah. yeah. What, um, uh, let's, uh, let's hear your ring. Maybe it's slightly different from Switzerland. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll dive in. If, if, Morgan, you want to pick this one up as well. I'm ready. Ding, dong, ding, ding-a-ling-a-ling. <laughs> this is Morgan. Hey Morgan. Uh so glad I got you. How are you doing today? I'm doing okay. Good, good, good. Hey, my name is Michael. Um, I work for uh one of the largest IT companies in Austria, B2Match, and we want to make your event coming up on the 12th of December the best event that you've had so far. How's that sound to you? I mean, it, sound, it sounds great so far, but they tell me if it sounds too good to be true, I should be skeptical. So what, what's going on here? Hey, well, let me ask you a question first. Uh, you know, it's a crazy time we're living in. Have you been spending your days working? Are you working from home? Are you, you know, in the office? Is it some sort of hybrid? Yeah, I'm a hybrid. So I'll spend three days at home, two days in the office as of right now. Okay, okay. Yeah, so typically that's kind of what we see with a lot of people now, you know, they're doing this hybrid or if they're working from home and your event can be exactly that. So at B2Match, we have done for the past 10 years, virtual, physical, and now hybrid events. So we specialize in creating this event, making the most of those connections, turning these great ideas that you have into reality. So uh, do you have a little bit of time to talk more about this? I mean, how, how do you do that? There's a lot of event companies out there that do the same thing as you. So what makes you all different? Well, we've been, we've been uh, I guess, the trailblazers in event management. We were out there before anyone else. Um, we have a strong connection with the EEN, that's the Enterprise Europe Network. And that's kind of what we kind of based our business on uh, 10 years ago. So we have this know-how and this experience and this knowledge of what actually works in event. 
um, how we can get these people to connect. You know, one of the typical pains we get from event organizers is that um, participation and the engagement of their participants is low. So one way that we can kind of foster that with our platform is by giving you the opportunity as the organizer to impersonate these participants that you have in your event. So you can go into the platform as let's say John Doe, you can get him into events, sign him up to things, you can have him actually make these one-to-one -one matchmaking connections so that when John gets onto the platform, he says, hey, this is great. All this stuff is already ready for me. I just have to click and go. How does that sound to you? That sounds cool, but it's not really what I'm interested in when it comes to my events. Okay, what would you say is what you're looking for in your events? What's, yeah, what's I the mean, pinnacle? I, I think, I think the, the critical piece across the board is when we do events, everything you mentioned in terms of the personation is cool. We just want to be able to get as many people there as possible. How do we drive demand and how do we make sure when we drive demand that we can capture those lists and send them out in an effective manner? That's really the main thing we're focused on right now. Okay. Yeah. So definitely with our platform, we have a few options there for you. Um, one of them is our notification system. So essentially when you uh, have an event with B2Match, you get an event platform and event website. From that website, you get to send out your messages to whoever you like. Um, you can import lists from previous events or an Excel file, and then you can contact your um, participants that way. Um, we also have an upcoming events page on our own website. So that kind of gives you a little more traffic on your page. Um, other than that, you know, there's also um, our marketplace, which generates a lot of um, buzz for participants and other kind of um, or companies and organizations to create things that other people can see. So then that really kind of gets people in this zone of looking at your event and seeing what you have to offer and why they should come and attend your event. Okay. Anything else, Morgan? What else would, would you like in your event? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's the those are the main things. I mean, really, we're just trying to drive as much attendance as possible. But look, you've given me a lot of great information. Um, I just want to be able to absorb all of this. Is there like information you can send to me and maybe I could talk to someone on my team about this? Absolutely, Morgan. Uh, why don't I just confirm your email and I'll send you an email after our chat. Um, there'll be a lot of uh, links on there to have even more information than what I've given you. And then I'll also have a meeting link in there. So uh, whatever works for you, let's maybe set up some time, have a video call, and then I can actually show you how the tool works because it's, I think, the best when you can actually see how the platform works firsthand. How does that sound to you? Yeah, abs absolutely. Awesome, Morgan. Okay. Well, it was great chatting with you today and hopefully we can connect soon. All right, thank you so much. Very great. Bye. Bye. Awesome, thank you so much, Michael. Um, precious situation, it you did a really, 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 really great job. without showing you my platform. <laughs> <laughs> Morgan, do you have any immediate feedback? Yeah, so I mean, first and foremost, it, very knowledgeable about the product, right? I mean, that's, hopefully everyone like really understood that, like how knowledgeable you were about the product. Like that's like, that's like the battle itself is actually being able to articulate what's going on um, across the board. And I think you actually had a really good flow and you have a, a really good inflection and tone and voice. Uh, that's also critical when you're doing these calls. Um, I felt like we, we, for time's sake, that's why I cut you off, but like we could have kept going on that call, right? If we wanted to, it was just like your pace and your tone. I think ultimately like the, the one thing that I would tell you is to cut out as much jargon as you can. 
So when you say like largest or we've been a trailblazer, these are things that I absolutely don't care about and your prospects don't either. So those are things that I would just throw out because the information you were providing would lead me to believe that you are the trailblazer. You, Apple's a great example. Apple never says we're the trailblazer. You know that they are. Like, it's not a conversation. Like, we know that, right? Nike doesn't say that. They, we know they're the trailblazer. So you don't have to say it to say that, hey, we are. It's just like the information you give me leads me to believe that. So that's what I would tell you because you gave me a lot of good information. It's just taking out the jargon, asking some questions in the upfront, and all the points you delivered would have been relevant because the first part you talked about wasn't relevant to me, and then we had to pivot. But you did a good job pivoting there. But, David, I know we have... We're like over time, but I know you can wrap I it up. Know, I know. Yeah, <laughs> like really quickly. I, 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 yeah, I, I picked up on exactly the same things Morgan did. I thought, um, I, I, quick question, Michael, do you get a lot of people that say, um, can you send me an email on this or like ask for more information like um, in, in follow up? Uh, typically, we just send out emails after our follow up call and okay. give them the information. Yeah. So that's your natural next step anyway. Yeah. Okay. I, I actually think you could you could reduce the amount of effort that you have to do on there by keeping things more concise. I find that people that tend to just you know, um, yeah, you, you you when you give like a lot of information very quickly, um, our brains take a long time to process this kind of information, especially if you're calling someone like me. So um, that the the biggest indicator of, of of kind of like you know potentially giving too much information on a call is is um, is people asking for 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 more information so they can go and digest that. If it's your natural next step, that's great. But I reckon like you know you might be able to get people into like you know follow up calls uh, quicker and maybe the next step after that if we're keeping things more concise. And then but the biggest thing for me was exactly what Morgan just said there. Um, I'm a really big believer of like we we essentially give like a tiny bit of context here at Cognizant. You probably heard it on John's call. Tiny tiny bit of context in terms of what like our space and what what our product does. But then immediately we're asking questions about process um, and we're we're trying to understand like um, okay so so the key question um, in the case of uh, of your company would be are you hosting events not right now what do they look like what's important with with those events i'd ask those questions up front like to almost demand that off the off the um prospect which can be hard um before kind of giving them it, uh, the pitch because then we're making it as relevant as possible to their use case right and that's going to really like how we resonate and again just cut cut out kind of wasted words which will um end up making your prospect very unengaged so yeah i know i'm echoing exactly morgan's point but i think i think they're really important and actually common mistakes that you see across the board um but thank you so much again michael um, thank you guys right so we've already gone over time and i've um yeah like morgan's already sent me the the invoice for the extra time so um <laughs> i we we unfortunately can't do any more we've got some really really great feedback in, in the group about kind of like how much people have enjoyed this session and and certainly that this is something that's that's quite easy for us to do so what if if the feedback's really strong um you know let us know if there's any way that we can improve it but we're keen to to kind of like do do this kind of session again in the future um we had loads of people posting and saying they'd love to volunteer so um let's see what we'll we'll definitely work on that but feel free to reach out to our marketing team myself morgan john t if you if you'd like to to get involved next time um or just generally if there's any feedback in terms of like how we could be doing this in the future but uh, for everybody thank you so much for joining in today thank you so much to Anmol and michael and obviously john t as our three volunteers keep going on about it but it's very very scary stuff jumping on a on um a call like this yeah. and, and doing your cold call practice um in front of almost 300 people but yeah we appreciate all of your time morgan um john t any any final remarks 
just thanks to everyone for joining in. Morgan, thank you for sharing your wise knowledge with us all. Um, Dave, you've obviously taught me the tricks from the start one, um, but Morgan, great to hear some insights from you know a leading sales trainer. So I'm sure everyone has some good feedback to take away from today, where the do's, don'ts. Um, so yeah, hopefully we'll see everyone, see everyone soon. Yeah, no, I appreciate everybody showing up, asking the questions and the people who participated. Shout out to you all and uh, keep down. Just keep down. Yeah, 100%. David Bentham on LinkedIn, Morgan Ingram on LinkedIn, and John T. Jules on LinkedIn. Um, so hit us up. Thanks very much, everybody. Cheers, everybody. This episode of Revenue Champions was brought to you by Cognizant. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast to get notified when the next one goes live. And follow Cognizant on LinkedIn and Twitter for more sales and marketing content. If you're listening on Anchor, you can leave us recorded questions or comments by hitting the message button below the title. We actually love hearing these. And if you enjoyed this episode, please tell your friends and share it online. We want to get the word out about Revenue Champions so we can bring you the best podcast possible. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.